this is Jamie Dyer welcoming you to another edition of The Quocast. And it's the last episode of this series, the second series of our podcast. And uh, I have really enjoyed doing the uh, the show over the last couple of months, three months or so, whatever it is. I lose track of time, and I think you do at this moment in time, because of what's going on at the moment in the news and around the world. But uh, have no fear, we shall be returning very, very soon, um, maybe a month, maybe a couple of months, depending on how much interest there is. So if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, then please do email quocast at outlook.com. That's quocast at outlook.com. You can tweet at castquo on Twitter or go to the Facebook page, which is just simply cast quo. So whatever your connection to the quo community, I would love to hear from you. And also please um, allow up to a few days for me to reply to you. Um, don't expect an immediate reply because, you know, at the moment it's crazy. Everything is crazy. Now, obviously, uh, if you listen to last week's podcast, you know that I was going to talk about live recordings, but I feel like that is such a big subject that I kind of want to take more time to discuss it at a later date. Um, so I looked over the stuff that's happened in the last week or so, and I thought, you know, what? actually, there's plenty to talk about, which is fairly topical, um, certainly in and out of the Quo camp. The first thing is that it's the uh, 75th anniversary of VE Day. Now, what's Quo's connection to that, you might be asking? Not really uh, anything, except that um, five years ago, during the 70th anniversary um, celebrations, they performed at that VE Day concert, if you remember, um, in the army now, which seemed like a really strange choice, depending on you know, all the other things that were there, uh, the kind of 40s-related things. But because they had quite a military song in their catalogue, uh, that was something they did. And I thought that was, that was a nice performance. And I saw that the Quo Camp had shared that, and it reminded me, and... and um, the thing is, that song as well, they'd already done a charity version about five years previously with slightly altered lyrics um, for charity, which, again, was great. And I I don't know about this. I don't know whether they did or not, but it sounded like they used the original um, backing track on that recording and then recorded new lyrics over it. But I might be wrong. I might be wrong. They might have just got the vibe... Um, completely there you know because they played it hundreds upon hundreds of times at gigs over the years and in thinking about the song in the army now it, it got me kind of uh, pondering other quo songs um, that have a military theme to them and i couldn't really think of of anything except maybe warning shot off the um, rock to you drop album which has got very kind of military army-led things and then there are others i mean obviously uh, jam side down isn't but it was filmed um it was filmed on a ship wasn't it, it was filmed on the ark royal so there's there's a slight military connection there uh i couldn't really think of any others i suppose the beginning there are certain elements of their music that have that kind of military band thing like the beginning of uh, their cover of uh, leonard cohen's democracy if you've ever heard that that's got kind of the rolling drum at the beginning, very much like Warning Shot. Um, and that's that's really, you know, if, if anyone else has got any other suggestions for kind of military-sounding 
um, things. I mean, I suppose there are elements of slow train, actually, and now I think about it, that while they're not necessarily on a military theme in lyrics, um, certainly in kind of the feel and style, especially that bit in the middle where it's kind of it's kind of like a marching band, isn't it? It's, it's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Now, the second thing I've sort of been thinking over uh, this week is obviously that we've we've just lost a legend in the rock and roll world. Um, little Richard, Richard uh, Penniman, has just passed away at the age of 87. Now, again, where's the connection to Quo? Well, with them, with him being such a big influence on um, many members over the years, and certainly Francis has mentioned him in interviews. I posted one on the Facebook page uh, of a time that he mentioned him in an interview. Uh, you know, he's mentioned up there with like the Everly Brothers and Chuck Berry and, and that sort of thing. And the thing is, he is held in that regard. And I was very sad to read of his passing. Now, obviously, Quo have done many covers over the years, sometimes controversially. And the two Little Richard covers that come to mind, the two full ones, because they have included them in medleys. Uh, they did Keeper Knocking, which is one that's associated with him in the Anniversary Waltz medley. They also did Lucille in the medley, which I know many people prefer, to the version that they recorded on the Don't Stop album in uh, in the mid-90s. But I think, actually, that one's got a really nice groove to it. You know, Rhino does a really good job on that bass line because that's what drives that track. You know, that's where the the real kind of grooviness comes from on that track is the bass. And I think they did a, a great job on that. Now, obviously, uh, four or five years later, they did uh, Famous in the Last Century. And on that album was a version of Good Golly Miss Molly, another song associated with Little Richard. And again, that, that album has a lot of controversy because it's it's a little bit run-of-the-mill. It's an attempt at doing a jukebox album, and it can sound like the band are quite bored at times. Um, but, you know, they did it, and Rick certainly had that voice to be able to, to really kind of scream out. And certainly there were elements of um, Anniversary Waltz where he does like the woos that... Uh, little Richard used to do you know he he tried to do that and I sometimes I think that when Francis mentions Rick's rock voice I think maybe what that's what he's trying to do you know he's trying to kind of channel um, Little Richard and and artists of his ilk of which there there are very few really because he he had such a unique style in his day, which today can sound quite tame, but actually back then you think all those screams, all those hollers and all those woos um, is really something unusual. And I was listening to a, a playlist of his the other day and, and um, you're just blown away by how many good songs he recorded. And, uh, w you know, I, for one, will, um, will miss his presence in the world even though sometimes it's only musically. It's a weird thing to say that, isn't it? That uh, that somebody has, has touched us in that way. And even though we never met them, we feel like we know them. So that when we lose them, it, it's like we've lost something. I know many people in the Quo community have felt that uh, with Rick Parfit, Bernie Frost, you know, and, and other people in the Quo community that have passed away. You feel like you know them, you know, and you, you kind of 
because you know that they're there. It's kind of their presence, you know. But I don't want to get too philosophical here on this last episode. I just wanted to pay very brief tribute um, to little Richard there. Now, we've gone from that to this. Um, obviously, this week as well is the anniversary uh, of um, of Rhino's birth. So, happy birthday, Rhino. Um, thank you very much for all your contributions over the last, uh, well, what is it now, 35 years, something along those lines. Uh, 1986, he first joined. Um, first part of Rick's band playing on his recorded delivery album. They really do need to get that out sometime, polished or, or otherwise. Um, they do need to, to go back to the vaults and, and get that out and make a follow-up to his wonderful over and out album now rhino over the years has written great songs he's performed with the band um for for a very very long time very good performer seen him live three times he's also done his own albums uh, he did an album in the 2000s which was pretty good um, was listening to some tracks from that earlier today um always very tongue-in-cheek rhino that seems to be his style um, I particularly like Republican. Um, uh, that, that's a little bit of a favourite of mine because initially the lyrics seem quite offensive, but actually you can tell it, it's all tongue in cheek. It's all kind of very playful, you know, and that's that's kind of his um, musical persona, if you will. But he he's got a lot of that sewn up, and I particularly enjoyed um, tracks of a very similar ilk on the second album as well like famous uh, is one of those trying to make a point about um celebrities who are famous for being famous uh, which which is quite a big thing um and certainly has been in the last few years but then he's also he's also kind of um gone on to that kind of parody route i mean everyone remembers all the girls love a eh? which uh, which which is a great kind of send up of rap artists but then there are tracks like one note blues and a, a similar um tracks in his catalog that have that kind of quo edge to them but that's one thing i like about some of these solo um performances from the band uh, the single members of the band is that there are like etchings of their quoness in there but they always bring their own unique thing now, obviously, as well, his solo albums, he's done vocals on those. He has done vocals on a few Quo tracks. It's kind of increased uh, a few in a few years, hasn't it? Because he made his first kind of lead vocal on Centerfold on the Riffs album, which which is okay. The Riffs album, it kind of follows on where um, Famous in the Last Century left off, but I, I think it it's better, really, than you remember it being. So if you go back and rediscover it, it's it's a little bit more, um, a little bit more inventive than Famous, but not by much. But he has his first kind of lead vocal on there. Then, obviously, on, on Bad News, uh, which was a massive uh, fan base hit, if you remember it it reached number one in like the hmv charts i'd love to talk to the guy that that instigated that so if you're out there um i'd love to talk to you about that because i'm one of those people that bought that song so that it would go up charts you know and and i remember um hearing 
that the Radio 1 chart show had emails from Quo fans going, has bad news charted yet? Because it was during the early days of um, download singles being able to um, make it into the charts. And and from what I remember, we didn't get anywhere. They didn't get anywhere. But it was early days and it made it to the top, certainly, of the HMV charts uh, when that was indeed a thing. And bad news... I mean, was was uh, a breath of fresh air, as was actually his contributions to the Bula Quo album, Run and Hide, which is kind of a Foo Fighters, a bit heavier type thing. I thought his vocals on that. Some people accuse him of not being much of a singer. I think it depends on the song. I particularly liked his uh, fun vocal um, stylings on Fiji Time, which again, most fans are going to hate, but I particularly... Um, enjoy that uh, then obviously he has made kind of a, he's made appearances obviously since Rick's passing on their live recordings and during their live performances he's done Rain um, loads of times he's he's taken over a few of Rick's vocal duties but not all of them which I think is a you know it's a nice thing they've spread it among all of them um, because whatever you want, actually, I expected him to have a slightly bigger role in that. But it's it's nice to see that Andy Bowen now has um, that kind of up front and, and center, you know, in, in the current quo thing, certainly during whatever you want. I saw a comment on Twitter, actually, from somebody saying, who's that old guy that's just joined quo? Um, as in, you know, just come on the stage because he was at back and they were like, um, excuse me, he's been there since about 1982 uh, as an official member. So there we are. Nice nice to see him coming forward. And it's nice to hear all the time, actually, that Rhino, um, back to Rhino, is getting a lot more attention um, vocal-wise as well as in the bass. And I'm sure um, either a guest that we've had on in the past or somebody... Uh, coming on in the future would like to come on and talk to us about some of Rhino's bass lines because I bet that there's some funky stuff in there you don't always hear it um, I particularly uh, heard the other day a um, a critique on his bass line on Overdose which is not something that you hear about actually but you know it's it's great it's good stuff yes so happy birthday rhino um if you are indeed listening or any of your ma- management or, or anything like that um i am wondering actually whether anyone from quo's management are listening to this podcast especially when it's just me rambling on well have no fear dear listener i shall leave you now but hopefully we shall be back in a month couple of months Um, I will be recording episodes in the meantime, so if you get an email from me and think, oh, it's going to come on the next week, no, we're going to put it in the can and hopefully save up some stuff. So if you are interested, once again, in coming on the Quocast, then you can email quocast at outlook.com. That's quocast at outlook.com. You can tweet us at castquo on Twitter or go to the Facebook page, which is just simply the Quocast. And from me, Jamie Dyer, I say bye-bye for now. (laughs) 